Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. No other profession operates the way that some of these agents operate. On a billboard. On a billboard, 24-7. It's not, and there's no need for it because we're not saving lives. Right. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hello, everyone. This is Chelsea Peterson taking over the Hustle Humbly podcast for about two seconds to announce episode number 106, Back to Real Estate School. Perfect. And I feel like it's perfect because we just shipped our kids off to school. You did. Mine went on Friday. Yes. Yours went this morning. I like that they had to shut down the daycare in order to then open Open it it back back to school. Yes. yes. But now we are all, if you have kids going back to school, you're getting some days back, hopefully. Yeah. And so kind of going back to the basics of real estate school. And right. Let's go back to the basics. (laughs) What was it like when we went back to school? To go to real estate, you were in school when you went to real estate school. I was getting my master's degree when I started real estate school. So you were already in school. I was far removed. Well, it was, I finished college in 2001 Mm -hmm. and I did real estate school in 2005. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I had not been in school for a while. Yes, I was in school and I was an excellent um, flashcard maker. So I made all the flashcards of the real estate of the real estate stuff to like study for the exams. And I still failed it the first time. Okay. Before you still failed it the first time? I did not know that. Just the national portion. Right. And by like two questions. I feel like the because it's not that long. So you have to get a lot of them right. Yeah. And so I retook it and it was fine. Do you know what I've recently heard? What? People are failing it a lot more now. They're making it harder because so many agents were getting into the business. They were like, this test has got to be harder. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you're sitting super close to me while I talk to you? No, I feel like we look far apart right there. I'm not looking at the... Hi. Well, we can... I think I'm comfortable if you're comfortable. It's fine. I feel like I need a breath mint. I don't... I'm good. Okay, fine. Um, let's go back though to just back to school in general. Okay. As a kid, were you nervous about back to school? Did you love to go back? You love, I knew it. Yes. I just, I knew you were going to say that. I, I was the school nerd. I was good at school, but I was nervous because I was very, this will be hard to leave. I was very shy. Okay. I, I was like, you know, I want to back into a corner and like, I just, um, I just didn't, I was nervous, really. No, I'm but a kid the in the thing. front of the class that's like, pick me, pick me. You're like, I want to do this. Yeah, I have the answer. Oh, that's your three. That's I'm your Enneagram school a little bit. Do too. you? Like, I wish I could go back to my college days and okay. just, I don't know. I just enjoyed school always. I did like it. Mm-hmm. I did like it, but I was nervous for sure. My kids seem to be, look, this morning, Jack said, I'm last night, I'm so excited to go to school. This is the second day, right? I'm like, oh, really? Why? We have PE first thing in the morning. Oh, okay. Well, when are the rest of the day? I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, but are you nervous now to be live recorded about this? No. As we're talking about nerves? No. You feel fine. Okay, great. Because we can't see them. We They can yeah. only see us. I kind of wish we could see them. That would be fun. That would be fun. Next time we'll zoom it where we can see everyone. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about real estate school. How did you do it? You did it online? I did it online. Okay. In about three weeks over my Christmas break. Oh, that's right. So I kind of just went really quickly through it. Okay. Took the test and was licensed very quickly. Okay. I don't feel like real estate school was necessarily helpful. <laughs> no, but you had to pass the test. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's required. Yes. It's a necessity. It is not helpful to your career. Correct. Now I did night school because I was working full time. 
So I went in person to Monday, Tuesday, Thursday night, night school. It was like, okay, I think three hours. So I could set up my schedule at work where I was working <clears throat> during the day. Okay. And then I could go at night and I did not tell my work that I was doing it because mm. I fully intended to bounce when I was done. Right. Which is what I did. Yes. So uh, it was in seven weeks. That's what it took. And I think the hard part is that you get excited when you sign up for real estate school and you realize, Oh my gosh, I'm starting this new chapter. I'm going to real estate school and I'm going to be a realtor. And then you graduate and you pass the test and then it's crickets. Like, right. like what, what happens now? Oh, oh, I did it. I know. And now, I know. now the real work begins in my opinion. That's when, but they didn't, they didn't leave you armed with any knowledge of what the real work should be right because their job at real estate school is just to teach you the legality right. of what you need to know you know they're there to teach us all the stuff that we really don't i brought you a visual aid okay i'm ready for it youtube and mask will get to see it this is my original real estate book it still has all of my actual like how to take the test all the notes why do you have this I don't know. I don't know why I have it. I don't know why I have it. It's okay. got all the math, but here's the point. I went through it again last night. I'm like, well, maybe there really is something good. And I just don't remember it. No, 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 mm -mm. there's nothing. There's um, a lot of legal sections, a lot of Louisiana law. And then of course there is an entire sheet of definitions and terms because in Louisiana, all the terms are different than everywhere else because of the way our law is written. Sounds so great. All the terms are different, but that, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I, I have the book and you know, what's funny. This book was first printed in 1975, <gasps> 1975. And it really has only, it was updated every couple of years, but what's hilarious is in the nineties, my dad went to real estate school when I was a kid Yes, and he, he became, yeah, and he became an agent. And this is the exact, I'm mean, like literally the book. I remember as a kid seeing the same exact book. So it was like exactly the same. I'm sure some of the information has been updated, but. Well, there's still the same amount of square feet in an acre. That's true. Like, the basics are the same. The basics are the, the same. the question is, how do you get the clients? How do you right. start your business? Right. What do you do? Right. How do you make money? Right. They don't tell you any of that. That's why we're really going to school. Yeah to start a career. To... Yeah, but that's what you thought you were going to learn. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I honestly think that some agents in that first year or two struggle in understanding that they don't know anything about selling real estate. They're still stuck in like, I went to school. I should know what I'm... Yeah. I think that's why they feel confused. Why don't I know what I'm doing? I went mm -hmm. to the school and now I still know nothing. Right. It's very hard to deal with. And I also feel like when you're new, that is why having a good broker and office is so important those okay. first few years. Great. That was one of the questions we had. That's where you're really going to learn. If you had to restart your real estate career tomorrow, what is the first thing you would do? But if I was a new agent tomorrow, Brand new. I think as far as choosing a broker goes, the I would do it the same as I did it the first way, okay, which well, is you did it right. I contacted just a few people that I knew and asked where they worked. And I went on three interviews. Yeah. And I did think because I was in the job market as used to job and you interview for a job right. that I'm going in and I hope they choose me. I hope they like me. Right. And it wasn't until my dad, who was a real estate appraiser, like, said, That's not no, 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 no. They yeah. all want you, Alyssa, they because you. they do not pay you. Oh you pay them. Right. If you sell zero right. houses, it doesn't matter to them because right. they are not paying you. Yeah. But if you sell a house, they get a right. piece of that pie. So they don't really care if you're good or not. They Which just want agents. To be fair, makes no sense. What do you mean? Wouldn't it be better for them to get some agents that did business than for them? But, just but to get when you're business? brand new, how do you know? That's right. They, don't, they know. don't know if you're going to be good they or not. Know. So they just want you to sign on. Mm -hmm. Let's see how she does. Maybe yeah. she'll make us some money. So I was like, whoa, I'm glad you told me this <laughs> before I went into my first interview, because yeah. I probably would have been like, wow, they're offering me the job. You're like, I'll take it. I'll sign now. 
But I'm thankful that I went into it with the mentality that I was interviewing them. Yeah. What are you going to do for me right. as a new agent? Do you have training? What is the split? Mm-hmm. What do you provide? All the questions that you would need and then made a decision based on the interviews. So you would redo it the same way. I would do that part the same yeah. way. I think my number one thing is find a mentor to shadow. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just someone who's going to talk to you at the office and tell you the answers to your questions. Someone who will allow you to go with them mm-hmm. on some appointments and see how these things are done. I did find that during my first year, but not right away. Right. So my first office was a bust. It just didn't, wasn't a fit for me. I didn't feel like I had that ability to go and ask someone to shadow them or ask them questions. So in my second office, which was very small, I did end up with a mentor. And if I had to go back and restart, I wish I would have started in that scenario. Sure. Okay. Anything else you wish you would have done differently? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I wish I would have realized the importance of a good, clean database. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yes. That was the, that to this day is the foundation Mm -hmm. of my business is your people. Right. And if you don't have your people all in one place. Yeah. And I kind of started off with one. My broker, my broker told me you need to have a database. Luckily I had just gotten married. So my wedding list uh, Mm -hmm. with with all the addresses was up to date. I had some on my husband's side and some on my side. Um, But I wish I would have realized that database upkeep is like ongoing mm-hmm. and you need to constant when you meet someone new they need to go in there now yeah um instead of once a year trying to update to update the database because I wish I would have focused in more there I wasn't okay. very focused I would first. I think I mistake we're not gonna get deep in the database because we're gonna do another one on that soon um uh, I think I mistakenly thought I needed a lot of people on it yes and then when I got them all on there I wasn't comfortable reaching out to all of them mm-hmm. so then it was like I almost didn't use it right okay if you could go back 10 years and give yourself one piece of advice what would it be it would be to think about what I want for example, hmm. um, I had no focus necessarily. I just thought I need all the people. Okay. I even, I was looking when I was reflecting back and I even <laughs> took the SRES designation. Okay. Right. Which is the senior real estate specialist for the for older the people, older people mm-hmm. to help older people move. They got to move. But why would the older people want to work with a 21 year old? With a 16 year old face. With a 16 year old face. So I spent a lot of time on this designation that got me no business because I wasn't comfortable discussing that with them and they weren't necessarily comfortable with me. And it's actually when you're helping older people move, it's a lot more um, steps and processes Mm -hmm. and things like that. Any because uh, I won't get into it too much, but if they're going to an assisted living or you have to help them manage, I I should have never. That was an done inappropriate that. niche for you to learn at that. Yeah, time. why would I even choose that? I, I think someone told me to choose that, and I thought, like, okay, okay, I'll try anything. But yeah. I should have asked myself, mm-hmm. is that in line with what I'm trying to accomplish here? Fair, fair. But I think I was also figuring out okay. what I was trying to accomplish, right? <laughs> at first, okay. Let's talk about. Your school books. I mean, I showed you my literal school book. What resources did you use to learn about running a real estate business and marketing when you started? And what would you change if you started that over now? So would you try to, what would you use to learn now? What did you use then? In the beginning, I really tied into what my company had to offer. Yeah. So if they had a listing, they had a listing presentation. So I went in because I'm new. I don't have all the numbers yet. I'm not going to pretend like I'm selling all these houses when I'm not, but I'm not going to advertise that I'm not. So I went through the listing presentation and said, I work for this company, right? The company. So is that rated this in the marketplace? This is what they do. This is how they advertise. So I really honed into what they had to offer while I was growing my numbers personally. Okay. So that's really any resource the office had, which is why I think 
that broker when you're new is important, is really important because it needs to fit. I think I even shared before I had interviewed with a Remax mm-hmm. um, in the beginning and right. they were great, at, but they were super honest. And they said, look, we are not the best for a brand right. new agent because we don't do a lot of those things. Like the we're, basic training. Yes. Stuff. We are more for the yeah. experienced agent. That knows yeah. what to, So I was just so thankful yeah. like, mm-hmm. for the truth. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my resources, well, not this book. That's not a resource. That's okay. a, that's a punishment. It feels like um, I did read Gary Keller's MREA, the millionaire real estate agent. And so I got that back out last night. I'm like, maybe I'll show that. And I'm like, mm. it honestly, when I go back and look at it now, it was helpful for me to understand like how like things are structured, but it was a lot about how do you build a team? How do you do that part of the mm-hmm. process? And that wasn't necessarily where I ended up going with it, but it was good to know. But I'll tell you where I got the best and most effective information. When I did switch from my little company to Remax, we, um, my office put us through Brian Buffini's 100 Days to Greatness. Oh yeah. Do you know 100 Days mm-hmm. to Greatness? It is amazing because it will turn on all the light bulbs in your brain about what to do with your database. How yeah. do you reach out to them? How do you behave at an open house? What do you say there? Like, what do you say when you go to your hairstylist and you talk about your job? Like, it was just very practical information. So that's really was my favorite, I guess, learning tool. Yeah. It was really helpful. I enjoyed too, um, going to in-person classes. Me too. And another agent in my office said, well, if you have the time, if they're due, so we're in Baton Rouge, but if they're doing a class in New Orleans, why not drive an hour mm-hmm. to take the class, meet the New Orleans agents, pass out some business cards, yeah. and now you have contacts in New Orleans. And I did that. And yeah. I have realtor friends all they around that Louisiana that, yeah. that we are good friends. We refer business to each other. Just but the in-person learning mm-hmm. can also be business producing yeah. at the same time. Yep. So I really enjoyed doing that. I miss doing that. Okay. Well, you could go back to it. Yeah. With COVID would go away. Right. Fair. All right. So go back to mentors for a minute. Mm-hmm. What makes someone a good teacher in your opinion? I always, the people that I had as mentors were the people that were respected in the industry. Yep. Because to me, that just gave them some credibility, right? You've been around a long time. Mm -hmm. You've been selling. People know your name. Yeah. I want people to know my name in this business. So I want to get to know you, um, kind of looking at them and saying, do I want to operate similar to how they operate? Yeah. Are they, you know, I think you really have to beware of coaches. Well, wait, that's what I put in my notes. So a mentor important to me, what makes them a good teacher is that they've been there themselves. Yes. So a coach who's never sold any real estate is not what I would consider to be helpful because they don't know the ins and outs of doing that job. Well, I have also found just through research that a lot of coaches used to sell real estate, right? But it did not work out. So that's not even like now they're going to coach you. No, 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 no. On how to sell real estate. And I think people don't ask enough questions when they hire a coach, when they hire a coach, when they source a mentor or they, they don't, you're right. Right. I feel like you need to be able to tell stories to illustrate lessons. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, what's effective about the podcast Mm -hmm. is that we're telling you how X, Y, Z in an inspection works, but we also have a story about what does that look like in real life? Yes. And I, I would think you would want your teacher to have that real life experience. Definitely. Okay. All right. Let's talk higher education. Okay. <laughs> what, what continue, not continuing ed, but what, how would you want, I guess, want people to continue to learn? Like what would be your recommendations later in your career even? What do you think? I said designations are a really good way. So just like you learned the seniors, <laughs> maybe a certain person or later in their career, that would be a good niche to like hone in on if they find they work with a lot of seniors. Or if you are really into green building, or mm-hmm. if you really like to work with buyers or sellers, or like there's a designation for everything. Yes. I mean, they have them for all sorts of stuff. So I think that's a good way to hone in. And I think too, on that note, um, if you do find something that you're really passionate about, 
and there's a designation for it, getting involved in that designation. Yeah. You know, whether that's joining the membership and right. attending like you the conference. actually involved in the leadership of that. Yes. Yeah. I think finding a leadership position where you are passionate about mm-hmm. will help you in your education as mm-hmm. well. But see, I'm all about like, if we can kill two birds with one stone, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's so do if that. it will help me network, help my business, mm-hmm. and I can be a leader in the industry or a resource to mm-hmm. others, let's do that all together instead of you know, they, my broker always said, if you go to a lunch mm-hmm. and you show up late and you sit in the back and, you don't talk and then anyone. you leave when it ends, mm-hmm. you were never there and it doesn't matter. So right. you can't say, well, I'm trying to put myself out there. I'm going to these yeah. lunches and I'm trying to meet people, but what are you actually doing mm-hmm. while you're there? Yeah. So I ask myself that same question. What is the quality of your participation? Yeah. And and I think the same thing could go for the the modern agent social club. You know, you can say, well, I signed up for it, but are you using it to its full potential? Are you using the tools? Are you implementing them? Yeah. And also we were discussing this earlier Think. Before you buy more things or move on to the next thing, finish some things that you have started. If you had an idea, I will say when I was new, gosh, if you told me to try something, I was just, yes. And I tried it to completion. Well, that's, I didn't try something for a week and say, well, this isn't working and like, let it go. That's probably why you're successful. Most people don't like put the time into the thing right. to figure out if it's going to work. Right. You need to figure out if it's going to work for you. Yeah. If it's not working for you, That's that okay. is okay. Yeah. You have to find what does. That's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about school photos. <laughs> Can you look? I'll show you what I brought for everyone. And, and YouTube will get to see this. Oh my gosh. This was a loose one. I'm going to show you the whole sheet and hopefully it won't be too like reflective. Here are all of we even have this because I'm just this weirdo. Look, I have all of my old business cards. Look, there's Jay whenever he had his license. I was like, you look like a man. because well, he, <laughs> he was on the back of the card. Like I was Why? on the front of the card and he was on I the back of the card. I did not know that your dad was licensed or that Jay was ever licensed. Yeah. And then look, those are my last how two. How do I not, do I know you at all? You don't know me at all. I love my last two. But how yo, I look how horrible, this? some of these are terrible. They're terrible. I mean, uh, this is like my very first like realtor headshot. So my first it. headshot, <laughs> I, that does not look like you at all. I know. I know. My first headshot was a our family church photo. And the whole family's in your headshot? No, I crop myself. Just your face? I, I'm like standing like this <laughs> on my sister. You're touching nothing. And so I just cropped myself out of it. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Please do. So. Oh, wait, you cropped you. I cropped me you out. Very professional, but for sure 16. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> far from it. That is amazing. But, oh, my God, the school pictures. Okay. So let's talk about them. Old school versus new school. I made a small list. I'm so glad. Tell me about it. Of then versus now. Because when I got my real estate license, it was 2005. Okay, so let's put that into perspective. Okay. In 2005, I had no social media of any kind. Okay. Now, people were on the Facebook. The MySpace. And maybe the MySpace, but I did not have any until 2009. Okay. Okay. Um, I also had no confidence. Okay. That seems about right. (laughs) Also, I had, this is my my back-to-school uniform. I had, oh, I went to the Limited. Remember the Limited? I do. I bought all the, like, the nice slacks. Like the dress pants yeah. and the button down shirts. I yeah. wore my button down today in, in honor, but I had all the button downs and all, I did not have blazers. I was not a blazer wearer. Okay. But I got the dress slacks and I got the button downs and I had my pumps. Oh man. Not heel, like not high heels, just little just pumps. Just little pumps. Yeah. Something. Modest. And um, that's how it was then. And here's a crazy one there was no iPhone. In 2005, the iPhone did not come out until 2007. So there was no smartphone in 2005. We had a device. This is a calculator, obviously, but like <laughs> it was about half this size and it was the like E key. Like there yeah, was yeah. a key box on the door and it, but it was very unreliable. Yeah. I honestly yeah. don't even know what it, it wasn't Bluetooth anyway. Okay. Yeah. So that was then. Now, obviously I have social media. 
I have systems which give me confidence. Yes. I have mostly jeans and a nice shirt and flops, mm-hmm. maybe tennies, maybe some sandals. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I could run my entire business from my phone if I wanted to. That's awesome. Just a little bit different. I think my main thing that is different is just how I operate. Yeah. Um, I have systems and boundaries and all of that in place now. Yeah. When I, t- I could have been the poster child for no, no boundaries, boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was no boundaries, no boundaries. I just saw there's a billboard that just went up by my house. Oh no. And it's a, a local agent. Did it say contact me 24 seven on the billboard? No. It says 24 seven. And it just made me go, Oh, I wanted to call her and be like, listen, I need you to go listen to our podcast. And you might also need to climb the ladder to that billboard and just black that out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Available by appointment. It really made me sad. Sad. It made me want to adopt her. (laughs) You need, you need to be adopted. Maybe I'll reach out. I don't know. Okay. How about school supplies? You know, I don't have a lot of supplies. No, you barely have what just your computer. Yes. I can. I do have an old calculator. We had to buy this in real estate school. Look, <laughs> on the back side, it was like the how you do the mortgages. Um, uh, is it going to zoom? There. there it goes. Okay. It, I have the way to use the calculator. I printed it out and typed it and put it on the back of my, my calculator. We're so different. I know. <laughs> but now you can get these on your phone, obviously, like an app that will do mortgage calculations. But I... Use the real calculator. The yeah. math, the math is the only helpful thing I learned in real estate school. I think you're better for it. Um, I, I thank you. Appreciate that. What else? You don't have the laser measure. You have some tools. I do have a laser measurer. I have a house measuring tape, and we got to get that link because last week you said you know have a lens for your phone and the stabilizer. I do. I have a um. Yes. Okay. So those are tools. to help with showings if the client can't be there. Yeah. I have an entire car kit full of items. I'm not going to list them here because I actually have have an ebook. You can look at them. So if anyone wants that, just Mm -hmm. let us know. Um, Okay. What is something you think should be taught in real estate school to be? Yes. Tell me something. I feel like it does need to touch on etiquette. Okay. Such as leaving feedback after showing, make sure you lock the doors. They never once told us. I mean, it should be common sense, common sense right. but making sure all the lights are off, the uh-huh. house is how you left it, leaving mm-hmm. feedback. I also really wish they would have touched on bookkeeping yeah. and taxes. Yes. You are 1099. That's right. what this means. Here's how you keep a book. That's what I put in Maybe my Maybe you should get a business account. How to set up a business. Why did they not have a business section? None of This that. is what you need to do. That's why we're here. I also had how to intake a buyer or seller. What in the world do you even ask these people? Mm -hmm. Like, why don't they teach you what to ask them and how to do a buyer or seller consult? Like what happens at the appointment? Like you need to know, right? Okay. Here's a good one. What are your favorite real estate subjects? I'm going to give you a list to choose from. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. All right. If real estate had subjects, here's what we've got. And these are all thanks to Chelsea because she's a genius. Um, Law school, contractor school, you know, like building. Okay. Interior design, project management, math measuring, therapist school. Tell me your favorite subject. Law, contract, like building, um, interior design. I think I would like to go be a therapist. Uh-huh. Uh, I could be a good project manager because I love a good checklist. You do. Okay. And um, I would like to learn more about the contracting process. Okay. My favorite real estate subjects are without question interior design and staging and then second, the therapist. Yeah. I, I honestly, I studied psychology in college. English psychology. So did I. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to know. I minored in psychology. Me too. What? What? <laughs> we are learning a lot about We're each other. We're learning today. a lot about back to school. So, but I like that part. I like the emotional part and trying to help people figure it out mm-hmm. and like trying to, okay. Also, I like solving the mystery of the, mm-hmm. like, who's. Who needs what in this situation? The puzzle. Like who's in control? Mm-hmm. How can we like help both people? Yeah, the therapy. And sometimes you just literally have to do therapy. Yes. Like, hey friends, maybe this is not the right time for you to make a purchase. Right. <laughs> maybe you need to go to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's the last question. What's ahead? 
What is your 10 year goal? I really liked this question because I told Katie, I feel like I'm in the trenches right now because I have a teething five month old. Yeah. In 10 years, they're going to be driving. Yeah. Life, life is going to be so different. different. And because I'm so in the trenches, I don't feel like I have necessarily thought that far ahead. 10 years is a long time. It's a long way away. I do know that I would like to have the option to retire early. Yeah. If I would like to, yes. okay. maybe not 10 years, but maybe 15, right. 18. Um, I would like to have a place at the beach. Okay. I like that. And I would like to be selective in my clients. Yes. Um, I'm, I mean, it's okay. Say it. I'm not that selective now, no. but I don't need to be because it is repeat and referral. Right. So it's not like I'm having to filter cold leads from, you know, but if there's a, a, you know, whatever the situation may be, maybe take on less. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would like to do more with the podcast and maybe like we could have hustle humbly goes on tour. Yeah. We'll go in 10 years. We might go to, to the live audience and they would Talk we, with us. We just had our first listener from Ireland <laughs> tell this. leave a review. And I was like, we have to go to Ireland. Yeah, we're going to do a live show in Ireland for one person. One listener. So that we can write it off on our taxes. Yes. Genius, really. Yeah. Um, okay. In 10 years, I feel like I agree with that. I would like to lean more into my passion for teaching agents. I would like to be more selective. I like selling real estate and I know that it's already, I'm starting to pare it down a little bit, but I mean, I just don't know that I could walk away from it completely. Like it's so fun. There's an agent in my office that I really look up to. She could have retired years ago if she wanted to. Is this the to. one that stayed for her friend? Yes. I love that. Um, I'm but not, I'm not saying she, real estate for you, just so you um, know. Okay. <laughs> but she, you know, is at the beach a good bit. She very, she's very, she doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to. Just that, just being able to get to that point. Yes. In my last office, we had several of those, like mm-hmm. career agents who were at their retirement age and they would just be like, oh, we're, I'm gone for the summer. Yeah, I could retire. You know what? If you want to sell your house in in September, I'll be back. Yes. And then they would. Great. It was fine. Um, I have one last real estate relic to show you. Because when I also started, they gave you paper maps. Oh, maps. And I would open it up huge. I'm not going to do it, but like a real map. And I hung it on my wall and I just like learned the city. Wow. Wow. It's part of my education. Um, Okay. So that's our 10 year plan. Oh, and one last thing. Yes, I was like, you never showed me your cup. I told her she couldn't see my cup until I was ready. Um, Before Chelsea tells us what their questions were. I want you to read it out loud to the people. I didn't realize I was supposed to know how to do everything by my second rodeo. Seems like a very low amount of rodeos. (laughs) I'm not going to drop it. I mean, right? Because all of the time I tell my clients, like, wow, they're like so impressed with something. I'm like, not my first rodeo. And then I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're right. Two rodeos is not that many. No, definitely not. All right, Chelsea, we're ready. Are there questions for us? I'm She's like a checking. Wait, you take off your mute. Okay. Okay, there you I'm are. There. I'm ready for you. We okay. have some questions from... What are, what are the students called that the teachers like the most? Like the teacher's pet teacher's pets. That was me. Oh, perfect. Okay. So I feel like everyone who asked a question is like the teacher's pet and I love them. Okay. I love it. So we, you covered this a lot, but Bailey said, what are a few things that you think new agents should look for when picking a brokerage? So if you could narrow it down to like a bullet pointed one, two, three, check those things, what would you say? I would, what is their training? Do they require you to do some type of training? What is it? And if they don't like, like, I guess, what is the training? Mm-hmm. What is the training? How do they rank maybe in the city? Do they have good numbers? Because you don't have numbers yet. So you need to at least be working for yeah. a reputable company. Makes sense. Do they have agents in the office that you could host open houses for until you get your own listings? Um, that's, I would think also just office community, like yes. what do they do together? Where will you have access to people to learn? Like if they're in, I know at your office, they have the new agent sales meeting every week. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go to an office that doesn't do that, I'm, I'm going to tell you from experience, you're never going to feel comfortable wandering into someone's office and asking them a question. Even though on the first day you were there, everyone was very nice and said, come ask me a question anytime. 
then when it comes down to it, you're like, they're busy. I can see they're busy. I don't want mm-hmm. to bother them. But if you're, if you're framed in a community event where everyone has got like open floor or is learning something, I would think that's important. And I do think it's important to talk about money. You know, what is our split? What do I get for that split is super important. What is the process of moving up the split? Yeah. Um, I mean, it has to be a business decision also. Yeah. Those are perfect. I like that. They're not shiny things. They're just like the logistical things. Yeah. Yep. And we do have an episode on choosing a brokerage. Oh yeah. So it's 45 minutes of us talking about that. If you really want to dive into that topic. Awesome. Okay. Kenzie said it's kind of long. It's on basically task batching. So she said she gets stuck when it comes to figuring out which tasks and how to properly schedule them in a way that makes sense. I feel like I'm all over the place in one day. How do I task batch more? Does that make sense? So kind of everything, any real estate activity. Me? Sure. I got this. All right. I think number one key to this is setting up systems like an office day where you know when you're supposed to be doing, you just wrote that down. I just wrote down office day. When you know when you're supposed to be doing admin. I understand that you will have to do admin sporadically throughout your week. But if you know that Monday is when you do your follow-up on all open transactions or all open listings, then you have an easy, like you should also have a workflow for each transaction that tells you what comes next. Like, what am Mm -hmm. I supposed to be doing? So you're being more proactive. You like that instead of reactive. Yes. I think that having one day a week that you do not schedule appointments, but you are working is the key to staying ahead. Yeah. Um, Is the key to saying, oh my gosh, today I'm cleaning out all of my transactions. I'm following up with all, all the computer work. If you are not setting aside a designated time for that, you will always be behind. Yeah. And then also learning to tell people, perfect. I'm going to get that for you tomorrow. Just, yeah. just tell them when so yeah. that you're not always feeling this pressure to complete something quickly. Right. Um, I, t- I had someone call me on Friday afternoon and ask me for something and they're not really looking to buy until December. So I said, perfect. I'm going to get all this information for you on Tuesday. I knew today we had this and we're going to record some more after they don't care if they it's don't not care. immediate. They just want you to tell them when, and then you to do it when you say, yeah. So don't feel like everything is urgent because it is not all urgent right now. Yeah. And we have a great episode called office oh. day that will just, it's one of my favorite episodes for sure. Hello, friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, your clients are actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. (laughs) I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're going to enjoy them you're going to love them you're going to change your life literally fired my (laughs) assistant they are the best enjoy the template yes enjoy and your best quote you are not emergency room doctors yes yeah it's always a good one to remember i actually feel like i like perspective when you compare us to other careers is so important So like if you're working with a um, builder, he's not going to say at nine o'clock at night, Hey, I'm going to go install some doors real quick. No. Or if your, your dentist is never going to tell his wife, Hey, a client just called, I'm going to run and go fill a cavity. Like no other profession operates the way that some of these agents operate on a billboard, 24 seven. It's not, and there's no need for it because we're not saving lives. Right. Right. No, it is not urgent. It's not urgent. They can wait. Mm-hmm. 
kind of like right now, if someone said, Hey, can you show me a house? And you're like, no, I'm recording a podcast. You're not going to change your podcast. No, recording no, time. no, no one stops working with you because you give them your schedule. And I do think on that note, it's important to leave some gaps in your schedule. So I knew we, the most of my morning was going to be here until about two o'clock. So I tried not to schedule anything. Well, don't you know, a house came on the market today. It's a cute house. It's going to go quickly. We do need to get there quickly. If I had booked my whole day, I would not be able to go, but we are going to go today at three 30 before I pick up the kiddos and knock that out. So I do try to leave gaps in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, like I had an agent that said, Hey, can we go by the house I'm buying? I want to bring the contractor by to measure for the shower. I could have scheduled that today, but I looked at my calendar and saw Thursday was super sparse and said, why don't we go Thursday? So that way, if anything else pops up, I always have gaps. Gaps are so important in our business because things always happen. Mm-hmm. Gaps are important. Barbara said, as working moms, do you have an assistant? Thoughts about hiring an assistant and when? Um, I have an assistant. I um, have had an assistant. Yes. Uh, I uh, use her different amounts of times um, during like some weeks are five hours and some weeks are 20 hours. It kind of just depends what's going on in the business, but she does not go face to face with my clients. So she gets signs, lock boxes, meets the photographer because I ask my sellers not to be home when photos are happening. She does the MLS input sheet when she's at the house with the photographer. If, if it's something that the client is not there, she can handle a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So I can be the most present for showings and interviews and the face-to-face stuff. Um, it is very helpful. She's a mom also. So I try to be respectful of her time. But we have a good little system going. Yeah. And she's an agent. So she is an agent. You're not her home, her only job. Yes. And my goal was that, you know, I really clicked with her and I told her, I want you to be a successful agent while you are being my assistant. And I hope that one day you outgrow me because you're so successful. My goal is like, I want you to be successful also. Um, But one thing I have found is she is just a really good assistant. And she does have some of her own transactions going that I'm not involved in because that's her stuff. But of course, I'm here if she has questions. Um, And then she's just there whenever I need, you know, things done that are, I don't want to do. Yeah. I think the assistant is probably more key and I needed it less when my kids got older. Yes. When they were really little, that's when I was like, I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of time demanded by your children is totally different when they're, you know, babies up until probably three. Yes. And then when they're older, it's just very much different. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's when I had my assistant and I had part, always part-time. The one year of my career, I had a 30 hour a week. So basically full-time assistant for probably six months. And that was when I really got my systems in place. That was 2016. All of my templates, all of my, I set up my business, like my LLC, all of that happened during that time frame when I had someone every single day helping me do those things. Like, mm-hmm. so it was really helpful. I feel like I use her less because of the systems, you know, yeah. I don't need as much help with the paperwork and yeah. I, I don't miss deadlines because I have my systems in place. Yeah. Um, it's really just the running around that I need the most help with because I can't be like the computer stuff. I pretty much, I feel good about it. It's the meeting the termite inspector, yeah. getting the lockbox off of the house. It's those things that are really time consuming that I just can't always be there. Yeah. So did that answer that Chelsea? Yes. That was a great answer. And there's a question off of that, which I think you have a great answer for. How do you pay an assistant? I, the first two I had were, they were all hourly. They were Mm -hmm. always hourly. And the first two like was 10 hours a week. And I split it with another agent that way that, person was getting a 20 hour a week part-time job. So it was more impactful for them because 10 hours or five hours a week, that's not enough for someone to stay with you very long. I mean, even a college student was probably going to work more than five or 10 hours or Mm -hmm. want to. 
Um, so I always paid hourly. I did not until the last assistant who set up my LLC. That was the first time I paid and like took taxes out and like they were an employee. Mm-hmm. Like they, I like my CPA ran payroll and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I just I ten ninety nine them. Like I paid them cash, ten dollars an hour, twelve whatever it was mm-hmm. at the time. This has been a while. I will say, pay is important to keep them around. If you have a good one, you need to pay them. Yeah. If you don't pay them, they will get burnt out. They will get resentful. Um, I even, and I kept a very open conversation. So like just, I paid her X amount. Okay. Um, say I paid her 20 bucks an hour. Uh, I think I started off paying her 15. Well, after a month, she was like, I have to be honest with you because I am running around so much, the gas that, that of where I'm going is not worth it. So I said, great. I needed to know that because I'm not keeping track of your gas bill and where exactly I'm sending you. So we upped the pay to cover the gas and make it more worth it. And that's something I needed to do. It's a business. You could have also paid mileage. So there's other, if that was what you Mm -hmm. wanted to do. So we just increased the hourly rate and she is in charge of tracking because I don't want to track it. She is in charge of sending me her hours. So she sends it to me and it's all written out and I understand it. And it's never really been questionable. Um, And then I just pay her when she sends me her hours. So that's how we do it. That's really helpful to know. Okay. Next question. Sophia asked, when I first started in in real estate, I let everything take over. I didn't know what documents calls could wait and what had top priority. How would you tell new agents to navigate this and how to cope with the general stress of real estate? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, This is hard because you kind of don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're just like, everything's important because I'm nervous about everything. And I'm, I feel like I got to do it all right away. And you don't have the confidence to say to another agent, I'm not going to get you that addendum today. I'm going to get it to you in three days because you don't actually need it right now. Cause it's the other agents that put that on you, you know, like, Oh, we need this uh, termite certificate right now. I'm like, but you don't closing mm-hmm. is in like three weeks and the lender doesn't even need. So I guess it's hard in the beginning because you don't know. I think it's important to have checklists, whether you created them or you went to a, a an, you know, experienced agent who said, this is what I do in every transaction. Mm -hmm. This is, and so that, you know, you're not missing something. Cause I think that feeling of being like unsure that you're not getting it all done is what makes you just feel Mm -hmm. kind of frantic all the time. It kind of goes back to also, they don't care when they just want to know when. So if you say, I'll get that for you this week. Yeah. Now there's still going to be agents who are like kind of pushy and annoying even if you're like, I can't do it today or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could say, oh, I have the termite company scheduled for Thursday. I'll have it to you right after Thursday. They really just need to know when. But the biggest thing is that when you tell someone something, it must go in your calendar or yeah. your reminders or work. It cannot be spit out your mouth without being documented. Anytime I say I'm going to do something, I immediately tell Siri to put it in my calendar. I immediately screenshot the text and or the email yes, or email, whatever I need to do to remember that I told this person, um, especially if it's, uh, this is happening a lot lately because everyone's wondering what their house is worth right now. If a sell, Hey, Alyssa, we're thinking about selling. We're not sure. Should we take advantage of the market? Can you run some numbers for us? This is not urgent. This could be done tomorrow or Wednesday. Yeah. So just telling them, oh yes, I'd be happy to help you. I will have an email to you on Wednesday. They do not care. No. It's about communicating with people and letting them know what to expect. But if you aren't setting proper expectations, or if you are setting the expectation that you work 24 seven, then that's what they expect. If you were texting at 10 o'clock at night, that is what they expect. But if you are setting the boundaries and appropriating and delegating the times, it's yeah, it becomes easier and easier. I which takes practice. It does take practice. So I have, and it's not out right now, but it will be. So I have a time management course. It's very short. But what I found was so crazy for me is there are so many tasks that agents do that are not necessary on a daily, weekly, or even monthly basis. There are some mm-hmm. things that are quarterly or yearly, or you shouldn't be doing at all. Or these are the things you need to do every day. Or this is the something you only need to do once a week. Like I don't need to check on my transactions 
every single day. Mm-hmm. I only need to check on them though once a week and be serious about it and look at my checklist and make sure it all got done. So I think that when you don't know what you're doing, just find that resource of someone who does know what they're doing and what do they do every week? What is paying? The beauty of systems is that if you follow your system, you know, when you're done, I always hated having a test in college because no matter how much I studied up until I was like taking the test, I felt like I needed to, to keep be studying, studying, yeah. going through my flashcards. Like yeah. you're never done and real estate can be that way. But when you have your systems in place and you have your Trello set up and your systems and your pendings are here and you just know, and your email is clean. And all of a sudden you have a zero inbox and your Trello is cleaned up. And all of a sudden you can go, wow, I'm finished like I'm for done. today. Right. I have addressed everything that needed to be addressed today. But if there is no system, you always feel like you need to be doing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does your shirt say, Katie? The systems shirt? Oh, it says it's a system. It's a system. It's a system. system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need a system. Mm -hmm. Someone had said in a comment that they've lost a client before for not being available immediately, which is probably a good thing. Such a blessing. (laughs) Yeah. Such a blessing. I have had, I mean, you are not the perfect fit for everybody. And I have had, I, I told a client one time, if that doesn't work for you, then maybe we just aren't the best fit. And that was fine because that client is the one that was going to be calling you at night, early in the morning, on the weekends, no respect for you. And you just don't need that. Mm -mm. That client is going to go to the billboard that said 24 seven and that agent, poor thing is never going to be able to live up to that. Never. So you can't do it. You can't. You literally put it on a billboard to set yourself up for failure. Yes. So you're not, you're not available 24 seven. You're not. No, you you sleep at physically can't be unless you have a 24 hour hotline. (laughs) It is actually false advertising. Call my real estate hotline because you are asleep at some time. Yeah. I feel like saying available 24 seven is a disservice. Like if I was choosing someone, why would I want the person who's going to be like all over the place? answering their phone while they're with me, like not really prioritizing my needs when I'm with them. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It sounds like they're busy all the time. Right. Like you must be busy all the time Mm -hmm. to live up to that. Yeah. So this goes into the next question perfectly, which is how do you combat burnout, especially in the crazy market? So don't be 24 seven billboard lady, clearly. Right. 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 You need to have a system in place for where your excess leads go. I feel like in this business, we do not talk about what our maximum is at all. No one has ever asked you what is the most transactions you can handle in a year? Alyssa can handle way more than I can. It's not, doesn't fit my lifestyle. It doesn't fit the way I work. It's because I'm probably typing too long of emails. Either way, I don't want to do a hundred transactions, but no one ever made me feel like it was okay to say 35 is the max. Like that, I don't want to do more than 35. So if you know that your max is 50 or 30 or 10, then you have to have a system in place. I'm talking to myself now where you send the excess. So I'm sorry, right now I have four clients and that's my max of what I can handle. You're the fifth. You can wait for me. You can be, I've asked clients say, do you have a wait list or are you taking clients now? Be okay with saying, I'm sorry, I'm not taking new clients right now, but I should have space in September or I have, you know, X, Y, Z, Susie, she's great and she can handle you now. And I have full faith in her and here you go. Mm -hmm. And then you get a referral fee and you move on with your life. Yes. Um, Take a day off one, at least two a week. You know, I, I, my, do you take two off a week? Yes. Saturday or Sunday. I pick one. So if I like this weekend, I did work on Sunday. I showed houses Saturday. I had no work. Yeah. Um, purposefully. And anybody that called me on Friday or Saturday to say, can we do this this weekend? I said, sure. Sunday is the day I am working. Mm -hmm. Um, If that didn't work for them, but guess what? It it worked for everybody. It was fine. It, It was fine. And then one day during the week, um, I do try to take off. I don't like get dressed. Sometimes I just, 
I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I keep the baby home from daycare and just spend time with him one-on-one that day. I do still monitor emails on that day off but it's fine. to see. And if I need to delegate something, I will, but that doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't feel like I'm you burned out working. No, no, no. Right. I don't have burnout. If I was starting to notice, gosh, on my day off, I just can't keep up with emails then maybe I need to reevaluate my office day. Like maybe office day needs to happen before your day off. So that the day before you're off, you have really been in your email and clearing out everything to the point where if anything comes in the next day, it's okay to say, I'll have that to you tomorrow. It's also just a mindset, which we talk about a lot. I, I have been saying for the last, right about, before the podcast started. So three years, I just said, I don't work weekends. Like I just say it to myself. I don't work weekends. And I, y'all, I don't really work weekends. I don't have any issues with getting my buyers to see, you got to see them when they come on the market anyway. So we go during the week and sellers don't expect you to do much of anything on the weekend, unless you want to do an open house. And that I just outsource to a newer agent. Like I don't, I don't feel like I have to work on the weekends. So I feel like I'm better at getting two days off now because they're on the weekend. Mm -hmm. It was a little tougher for me when I was doing, I used to do exactly what Alyssa does. I would work either Saturday or Sunday and put all my appointments on the other day. But then the five weekdays, I still wanted to work. I just Mm -hmm. felt like in my... That was my mindset. I'm like, I can't take Tuesday off. I gotta, I'm gonna work. It does feel weird, but I'm used to it now. And I... But I would also take off it. pockets of time. So maybe yeah. Tuesday morning, I did all my emailing and admin and Tuesday afternoon, I watched Bravo all afternoon. I love I a good know. half day. Yeah. Half days. Are half great. days feel really almost better than a day off sometimes because yeah. you get that productivity high and then you can like get lunch and watch your shows and just yeah. take the rest of the day off, yeah. get the kids early. Um, I really like a half day and I might take half days a couple times, depending on what the schedule looks like. Yeah. I also have, just because I have boundaries doesn't mean my peers do, doesn't mean my clients do. Yeah. I do try to put my phone away in the evening. If it is by me, it still goes off. I don't respond, but it does trigger my brain, mm-hmm. you know? So I try not to, Yeah. like if you have your phone on your wrist watch. I mean, just turn it off. Do you put have it away? That? I don't, I, I just don't either. can't go there, but just turning it off, putting it away whenever you're trying to watch a movie or have dinner. Yeah. Put it away. Good advice. That is really good advice. And then and to elaborate, she said, she just can't figure out how to be off completely one day because of the low inventory. So I think like what you're saying with working, like you might have to check your emails or you might things like that, or maybe you don't list the house on Friday, knowing on Saturday, you're going to get 20 offers or a million Mm -hmm. questions and phone calls or things like that, that you can kind of be strategic with. Do you do anything that way with your work? Strategic timing is huge. Yeah. Very huge. What time did you put as the expiration for the offer you sent in? Like Mm -hmm. whatever things you have, what day did you put as the inspection period? Like what day did you put as the closing? Is your office day Tuesday and you keep forgetting and scheduling closing dates on a Tuesday? Well, you got to pick, you could have picked Monday or Wednesday. Like it didn't have, um, it's really more training yourself. I was going to say the first couple of weeks, if you haven't been doing it, don't beat yourself up. If you're like, this was my off day. And I showed one house because I had to like, don't beat yourself up over that. It was still a really great day and better than most agents do give yourself some grace because while we're not emergency room doctors, there are deadlines that we have to meet to be professionals. And sometimes we have to meet a deadline on our day off. Um, That's okay. It doesn't happen every time. It's when everything is urgent that you're kind of failing that, that system. But, um, yeah, I think the strategic timing of everything is so important. When I have weekend appointments, I plan everything on Friday, Friday. It's key for me to not have Friday all the way full. Or even if it is when I got home at four or five from a closing, I would take an hour and plan the weekend and I would have everything ready to go. So that on the weekend, literally the only work I would do was if it was leaving the house. So I would pick up my stack of MLS sheets and I would go out the door and do do the showings. And as long as they didn't need to write an offer, whether they wanted me to alter their search or, you know, research a different neighborhood or do something. I would say I will do that on Monday and I would come back my desk after a busy like weekend when I was working a lot on the weekend. 
it looked like a disaster because the weekend was not for me to be in my office. Mm -hmm. I was only allowed to do out of the, out of the house appointments. That was it. If it was an open house, I prepared for on Friday. I had all my stuff packed up. I left the house for the open house. When I came back, I threw all the stuff on my desk and I did not go in my office and start working. Now I do not have a buyer's agent, but I have been telling my clients lately, look with this market, because people are like, are you so busy? The, the thing is, is that I'm not busy in the sense that I'm showing 20 houses on Saturday. There aren't because there are not 20 houses to be seen. But when a house comes on the market, you have to get there as quickly it's as more you can. one at a time. Yes. One at a time and quickly and urgently. So that's been an adjustment to help with that adjustment. I have told my clients, look, there are going to be times when a good house comes on the market and we have to go now, whether you can't get off work, if I need to go with my camera lens and stabilizer to do a walkthrough for you, um, there may be also a time where I send a new agent in my office just to open the door so you can see it if I can't get there. That doesn't mean I'm not involved or pawning them off. And I just tell them, look, this is a newer agent. They may, if you have questions, shoot, shoot me an email with all your questions about that house and I will get to it. I just can't physically be there at that time. And so, and I also try not to do that too many times in a row. So if the, if with the same person with the same person, so if a new agent showed this guy for me this time, next time I really need to do everything I can to get there. So it's not a pattern, but I think it's fine to have a partner, another new agent that you work with to say, Hey, do you want to partner up where if I cannot get there, can you get there and I'll help you? Same thing with vacations. When you go on vacation, I will help you. And when I'm on vacation, you will help me. And then you don't even have to pay them because yeah. you're just helping each other out. Yeah. So it's totally fine. And then because I set that expectation up front, they know, okay, there may be times when somebody comes and opens the door for me so that I can at least see if I like the house. So yeah. I feel like you guys are like the home edit of real estate, <laughs> like the systems, the organization, like the smooth processes, everything has a place and a time. It's like the home edit of real estate. I love it. Right. We just you try to keep it super simple. Got to keep it simple. So simple. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. There's one final is more of a comment, but I think it's super important. And you guys could definitely speak to this. Um, Tiffany said, I wish safety would have been covered more in real estate school. Do you have like a tip or a, if you're new or whatever? Um, I will say that our board recently um, started providing for all the agents forewarn, which is like an app that will research a phone number, an address, a person, and kind of give you some insight into that human. Um, I will tell you, unfortunately, some of the dangerous situations I've been in were with past clients. So, I mean, it's really, it's just, it can, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be, um, you know, someone needs to know where you are. You need to have a process, but you're right. It should be taught in real estate school. And quite honestly, there are agents that go for 20 or 30 years and never once gave safety a second thought at all. Um, I think after listening to, I was already taking Jay with me to certain appointments. I mean, I've had my dad go with me before to like a listing that was in a scary location and I was meeting someone I didn't know. And I'm like, Jay's not available. And I I took my dad, like take another agent with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know agents in our market have shared really scary stories that something bad didn't happen because they brought another agent with them. So I think when you are new and you are hungry and you are a little bit desperate and you need money, It is way too easy to be the Pop-Tart agent that runs without asking questions. It kind of goes back to professionalism. Are you treating this like a business? Are you being a professional? Instead of just running out, are you saying, awesome, did you have an agent that you were working with? Have you been pre-approved? Do you have the finances in order before we start looking? That's really step one. Um, Doing some vetting before you run out, yeah. letting people know where you're going when you're meeting a new client for the first time, sharing your location with maybe your office mate or your spouse. There's so many things like that that really need to be taken into consideration as you grow in your business and you are more repeat and referral, you worry about it less. And I think when you're more confident, which happens over time is when you don't care if a new buyer doesn't want to do the pre-approval, you're just like, or if you share with them, my safety procedure is to copy your driver's license and meet you at my office. And if they don't want to, you're just going to say, 
Well, I love that. I love how you just said, Hey, this is my safety procedure. This is yeah. what we do. Do you mind shooting me a text of your driver's license to have on file? Yeah. All of that screams professionalism, all yeah. of it. And that is what makes you desirable, sought after, worth the weight, worth paying for is when you are treating it like a profession and you run it like a business, yeah. people want to wait for you and pay for you and respect your boundaries. But when you have no, none of that in place, it's going to be the hardest business you've ever done. Yeah. The only people that that's going to turn away are the people that had bad intentions or like we said earlier, would be the worst nightmare. Terrible clients. clients. Yes. They would be terrible yes. clients. There was an agent in my office and she still does this. She shows lots of rural, rural properties and she will take a picture of their license plate. And I believe of them and says, and tells them, this is my, what I do. And I send this picture to my husband. So he knows where I am and who I'm with, because this is, I'm putting myself in. She like is blatantly honest about this is a safety concern. Here's what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I think that's aggressive. I was like, I don't know that I could do the picture of the yeah. in front of me, but she was very blunt and that's how her personality was, but something like that, like sending yeah. a picture of your driver's license, like why not? Mm-hmm. But it's, and it's just a system. So once you get in the habit of a system, you just do it because that's what you always do. And no one questions you when you confidently say, I need your cup, a copy of your driver's license. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't even test drive a car without showing your driver's license. Yeah. Why can you go in right. a house? Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's all I have for you today, ladies. That was wonderful. I'm so excited that you got to do this with your first live audience. Email. I know it was fun. That's how we want to be able to see their faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have to do a toast. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Okay. So today we're going to toast to our live audience. We're going to toast to the members of Modern Agent Social Club. We're so thankful that you let us come here and talk to you. And you guys are um, a special group that really is supportive of each other and does like really do the community over competition. And and I like that. And just the fact that you are here taking the time to invest in yourself, you are ahead of the competition oh, yeah. by sure. far, by far, by far, by so. far. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. This, this was really fun. fun. It was super yeah, fun. Was Thank so y'all. Fun. That was awesome. All right. Well, hey. thank you. Bye, Bye. friends. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.